Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 194, Finance Friday episode, where we talk to Deb about staying the course and implementing incremental changes now to create huge results down the road. Peace of mind that I have about my finances really helps me to sleep at night. But the things that keep me up at night is the kind of idea spurring. You know, it's not even the stress of it. It's just, okay, what can I do? Because, you know, constantly looking for for more things. And unfortunately, I think I'm limited most by my energy and my time. You know, I think most people would agree on that. But, you know, when you're working full time and you're also trying to be a good parent and you're trying to maintain a house and you're trying to, you know, build these side things to get things going. Yeah, it just feels like so many balls, but I don't know. It just makes me excited. It gets me, you know, revved up to, you know, what the possibilities are. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me as always is my way taller than me co-host, Scott Trench. You know, Mindy, these intro adjectives are sometimes a little bit of a stretch. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or simply continue the aggregation of marginal gains in your financial position, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so that you can launch yourself towards your dreams. you kind of missed a a pun there, Scott. You could have said, wow, Mindy, sometimes I look down on these intros. Oh, that would have been a really good one. Scott, I look up to you, literally. Oh, (laughs) these are fantastic. I have no witty responses today. I'm a little, my brain fog. Yeah. Wow, a brain fog. Scott, you're usually so That's not good for Deb, huh? Uh, (laughs) No, uh, you were fabulous with Deb today. I'm super excited to talk to Deb because she is in a position that I think a lot of people are. They have discovered financial independence. They have made the changes, but they are not financially independent yet. And when you first discover financial independence, what a lot of people do is like, ooh, I have to do it all. I'm going to cut everything out. And then, you know, you add back and then you're like, okay, now what? Well, it's now you're in the part where it's like, why is nothing happening? Why am I not a millionaire? Why am I not retired already? Well, because you're in the beginning of your journey. So uh, I'm so excited to talk to Deb today because she is where a lot of people are and stay the course is the best advice that we can give. And it's, you know, it's not sexy and exciting, but it is what you need to do to continue on your journey is just continue on. Absolutely. Should we bring her in? We should. Before we actually, before we do, Scott, we should talk about what our attorney makes us say. The contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice. And neither Scott nor I nor Bigger Pockets is engaged in the provision of legal, tax, or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate. Okay, for fun, let's talk to Deb. When it comes to financial guidance, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When Mindy and I want to upgrade our wallets, 
we turn to NerdWallet. Scott's right. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, Mindy and I were paying for vacations in cash, missing out on miles, and not even knowing what we're leaving on the table. But now we're flying through the skies for free, thanks to our new cards with more miles and upgrades than ever. So if you want more travel rewards, hotel upgrades, or airport lounge access, no matter where you go next, let NerdWallet help you make it happen with a killer travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval, and terms of each credit card issuer apply. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split, with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, supporting local economies and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors, but if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Take control of your investments and secure a stable 8% annual return today. Visit pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets to learn more about the fund. That's pinefinancialgroup.com slash biggerpockets. Deb is 44 and the mother of three teens, yet somehow manages to keep her grocery budget under $500 a month. I am jealous because I have one teen and I think I spent 500 just on her. She is obsessed with tracking her spending, but worried that she won't have enough for early retirement. Deb, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Let's start off with your income, expenses, and debts. What is your monthly income, roughly? Um, it's approximately 5500 after taxes, after insurance, all the stuff that work takes out. So what I see in the bank is about 5500 Okay. And is there any additional income? No, that includes um, child support. Um, I was divorced a few years ago. So I am working on uh, bringing in extra income through little side hustles that I'm happy to talk about at some point. But at this point, it's very marginal. Okay, great. Can you walk us through your spending? How much How much is leaving and where is that? Where are the big buckets there? Pretty much everything is leaving because I'm giving everything a job. I'm making sure that every dollar is going somewhere. And how it had been up until the last six months, how it had been was everything that was extra at the end of the month would go into an emergency fund. Still working on that emergency fund, but at this point, the extra money is kind of divvied up at the beginning of the month so that I have 500 automatically going into my Roth 
So then when all is said and done at the end of the year, I know that I've met my Roth requirement, you know, or my uh, maximum on that. Everything else, like I said, gets budgeted. So there isn't extra at the end of the month, but I'm definitely not living paycheck to paycheck because that money is being allocated for things that are, you know, including emergency fund, including money that's going into investments. But yeah, it just, I want to make sure more than anything that I'm actually maximizing everything that I'm spending. I want to make sure that that my decisions with what I have, which sometimes seems like very limited resources, are actually being used wisely. What, what do you use to track all of this? Um, right now, I use YNAB. I used to use the Every Dollar app. Found that YNAB was for my overambitious self. It um, YNAB kind of gets into the nitty gritty a little bit better and tracks things a little better, and then I can set goals within it as well. So, YNAB is what I what I have been using. Yes. Great. Every dollar is from uh, Dave Ramsey. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I was going to say, could you just give us a quick history of kind of like your money story up to this point? If like, Did you follow the Dave Ramsey baby steps, for example, to get no, to the point you're at now? Or I okay. didn't. In fact, when I was married, you know, it was kind of paycheck to paycheck, and which is kind of funny because we made about twice as much as what I'm bringing in now. But when I was married, I would just... I just kind of knew that, okay, we're within our means, you know, but at this point in time, when anyone that's had the joy of going through a divorce, you have to kind of come up with a nice budget to hand to the lawyer to say, hey, this is what I need to make ends meet. And I kind of just went off of that, except I really cut off the fat of it, you know, with the money that I had coming in. So I started the budget from there. I started it from a place of, you know, the high end. And then I started like, nope, I can make do with this. And um, by trimming that down, then that's how I had the extra money to start stowing away into the emergency fund and start stowing away into the other things. Um, I have had times where I have lived paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, I've just always learned to how to be frugal to make it happen so that I can succeed. And now I realize that I can uh, be a lot more successful then I, you know, when I first got divorced, I'm like, okay, my goal is to retire by 66. And now I'm realizing, you know what, if I'm really wise, if I start, you know, if I can do some little side hustles, if I can do some different things, then I can maybe even hit 60. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to backtrack, you know, my years because I want to make use of the time that I have here on this earth. And I want to make sure that I'm really enjoying things, but also maximizing every dollar that I get. Got it. I, I think that's great, and I think it's a, an awesome goal. I'm, obviously, we're aligned on <laughs> on that being a great a, a great financial goal for, for you know early financial freedom and maximizing your time with that. It sounds like you're kind of saying every dollar has a purpose with that, and so you you kind of moving it moving it all very intentionally. How much is going to wealth building activities? You mentioned that you're put you're maximizing the Roth each year. You've got uh, money going towards an emergency fund. What would you kind of consider the the wealth building accumulation on a monthly basis within your budget? I, well, it's actually around 20% because I also do 10%. I uh, work as a 403B. Um, so I've been maximizing that. I've been maxing that out. Um, that Well, not maxing that out. That's a misnomer. Um, I've been meeting my match on that. So it's 10%, or it's up to 10%. Unfortunately, it's only 25% 
of the 10%. So I'm getting a quarter for every buck that I put in, but it's still free money. So I've been putting in the 10% for work and then the 500 a month that I'm putting into my Roth is about 10% as well. That roughly comes out to 10% of my income. So yeah, I'm right at 20%. If I have extra money at the end of the month, I stow it away in my emergency fund, but I have about 11, 11 and a half thousand in or 11.5 thousand. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Um, I've got just yep. over 11,000 in my emergency fund right now. Ideally, I would like it closer to 25, but I also realize that retirement is coming whether I like it or not. So I'm trying to put in early and put in as much as I can. It's just not enough. You know, it, it constantly feels like that time is ticking and it feels like it's not enough. You know, I unfortunately I monitor my numbers very often. So I'm like, okay, keep going, keep going. You know, I, I want them to keep going up. Nope. This, this, this is, this is great. This makes a lot of sense. I think there's, I think, uh, uh, it sounds like you're a very good steward of, of each dollar coming in and out and you have a plan here and it's like, there's an urgent sense of urgency around getting ahead with this kind of stuff. So let's go through those assets um, next here, assets and liabilities. You have the emergency reserve. What other what other property or investments do you own? I have the house we live in. When we bought it, it was, I think it was 260 we got it for at this point in time. It probably is worth about 350 at this point in time. Um, we've been here nine, 10 years. And I owe 240 on that. Um, the joy of going through a divorce, much like the um, conversation you had recently with the gal who had gotten a house with her boyfriend and then they had broken up. Mindy was asking, I just was listening to that yesterday and Mindy was asking with that, um, you know, when you break up with somebody, how that works, you have to refinance. You do, there's no other way to get them off of the deed or off of the mortgage. Um, so that's what I did. I had to refinance the house and then from the money that was taken out, I had to pay like 20,000 to my ex to get him off of everything. That's what our agreed upon was. So unfortunately, I don't have the equity in the house that I would otherwise, but I still have. If I were to sell it today, I'd probably still be up 90K. So that's not chump change, but I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not looking to sell until my kids are out of high school. Um, we're at a really good location. And in our area, the prices have gone up so much that at this point in time, I wouldn't have any advantage to moving somewhere smaller because it's going to end up costing me just the same, if not more. Okay, so assets and liabilities. So I also have, I have two cars. Um, I have the vehicle that I use for work. I don't know. Obviously, cars can be just as much a liability as they are an asset. But I have a vehicle for my 19-year-old. I have a vehicle for myself. Both of them are old and paid off and running great because I just put 1800 in mine. Um, <laughs> to fix it up, but those are paid off and I have no debt. I, I do travel hack uh, my credit card, but that's paid off every month. So no debts other than um, the house. Awesome. And, and how about uh, investments? You, and it sounds like you have a Roth and you have a, a, a retirement account through work. Do you have any other, in, you, can you tell us about those and any other investments? The Roth IRAs, I've got approximately, as of last night, it was about 10500 403B has approximately 24,000 and then the IRA is right at 85,000. So altogether it's about 120k. 
not great, but again, it's a start considering I had about 70,000 when the divorce went through. So at this point, I, I have not, I switched over from a brokerage account on my Roth and my traditional IRAs. I switched over because I realized I was like paying like 60 bucks a month in fees for them to oversee it. I'm like, yeah, I got a Vanguard account. I transferred it over, but I haven't figured out how to change it to VTI, VTSAX yet um, because that's a goal for this weekend for me to go in. Normally, I'm on my phone and those type of transactions I don't feel comfortable doing on the phone when I don't have the full website. So I'm going to get on the computer this weekend and actually transfer those over so that I have at least, you know, whole market index fund that I'm looking at as opposed to all these, you know, small ETF, you know, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere right now, according to how it was transferred um, or rolled over from the brokerage. So at this point in time, my 403B through work, like I said, I've got the 25% match up to 10%, if that makes sense. So 25 cents per dollar up to the 10% that one is one of those kind of leveraged ones where, you know, it's like moderate risk or, you know, it's kind of generic. I need to talk with a representative from there. But when I call the 1-800 number, you know, you get somebody that really is kind of clueless. So about every quarter, every half, they have a representative that oversees our accounts that we can talk to. That's on my to-do list. So when the email comes through from work, I want to actually talk to people that oversee our accounts at work because I would like to be a little more aggressive than, you know, the moderate accounts. It's got, I think it's about 15 to 25% bond portfolio at this point. And I'd really like to um, just move that all pretty much to index funds if possible. What, what, I, what I'm hearing here is, is you are incredibly disciplined. You, have a, you, have, you know where every dollar is going, where every dollar is coming in. It sounds to me, I guess my, my, one of my questions is how recent or how long have you been kind of on this, this highly disciplined approach to, to personal finance. Was there uh like like was there a trigger moment where 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 did this kind of journey begin, I guess, from a in, I'm hearing intensity from you in this. And and I'm wondering where that where that came from and how long that's been how long that's been compounding for you here. Okay. Well for one, it's kind of my nature to begin with. So unfortunately I've kind of always had it. But as you guys are maybe fortunately, as you may know, you know, when you're in a relationship, you are dependent upon what they spend as well as what you spend. You know, it doesn't matter who oversees the finances, you both are spending money. So I've kind of always had to have that intensity um, because of what was going out when, you know, the 20 years I was in a marriage. But, you know, when you are in a position where you are the only one providing the, you know, 95% of the care for your children and you're having to make sure that you are the best steward of your money to make sure that, um, you know, the mortgage is paid. There's nobody else that's there to catch you if you fall. Thankfully, I have, you know, family that would support me. But you know what? I'm I'm 43. I, I'm independent. I, there's no reason I should have to have additional in addition to what I'm already getting as support from my ex. So, so yeah, I just always had that intensity. But when you have goals, when you can look at actually, when you can have control over the spending, because I'm the only one that's really doing the spending, it really does give you more intensity. And it really does help me to focus and hone in and say, hey, here are my parameters for the month. And I'm one of those people that budgeting to me is not restrictive at all. 
it's really empowering. It really helps kind of give me guidelines as to what I have. And I'm never opposed to moving things around. You know, if I'm, if I'm not meeting, you know, if we haven't bought clothes for a few months and that's, you know, but we need more groceries that month, I'm not opposed to moving things around. Deb, what what I'm trying to ask is you've got a winning formula here. You're bringing an income, you're saving, you're putting it into your Roth, you're putting it into the, 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 um, a tax deferred plan at work. You're getting the match. You've got a plan for every dollar. You're building the emergency reserve. What I'm trying to figure out is how long has this, has the current state been compounding here? Because you're, you're feeling like you're behind and all that kind of stuff. But I believe that you're on track to build a substantial amount of wealth over the next 10 years, given your current state. We'll certainly go to go and find ways to accelerate it on this call. But I, I just want, like, what I want to get, get at is, is you're feeling like you're behind. How long has what you've been doing right now? continued for like when maybe when was when was the divorce or that okay divorce was about two and a half years ago but the okay i started with the roth maybe six months ago because i realized i had been putting all that extra money into savings and there's nothing wrong with that obviously but you know that savings interest is is piddly and it's not getting me anywhere and you know just listening to you guys just listening to choose five you know i just a lot of different, you know, resources that I constantly, you know, I don't listen to music in my car. I listen to podcasts. So, you know, I'm just constantly having this feedback. And sometimes it's really hard, though, to take that information from people that are like, yeah, I make 10000 a month. And, you know, and then I get the $60,000 bonus at Christmas. You know, I, I have a really hard time translating that because that's not for me. So for me to, like, in like I said, approximately six months ago, I'm like, okay, what of this information can I take and actually use in my own life? You know, I, I don't have these huge, you know, yeah, I, I don't have, you know, five properties under my name. Not that I would be opposed to that, but, you know, I'm not at that place right now. So it was just kind of reallocating where where things went because like I said, I, that money was just going to savings because I've always, I've always had this intensity though, Scott. I mean, as far as knowing, you know, where I'm spending the money. I mean, I'm a good will girl. I mean, I just, I love secondhand things. I love, you know, cutting back. I'm, you know, it, it's just my nature, but the actual focus though. I, I was just going to say like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I think I phrased it poorly with the intensity thing I'm, with, with that. I was just more, more thinking about, Hey, you've been putting money into the Roth and the, and the planet work. It sounds like that's only been going on. It, it sounds like that's been a gradual process over the last couple of years, but really kind of picked up in the last six months with what you're currently doing, where you're allocating the accumulation of your income and, and your savings into a more intentional investment approach for, for fire. Is that, yeah, is that correct? The, that's correct. And I was, I'm thinking it was probably a year and a half, two years ago, I was exposed to fire for the first time, heard that word. And, you know, they were just using it very commonly, you know, it wasn't being defined in the podcast I was listening to. It wasn't one of your podcasts because you guys are pretty good about that, but I looked it up and was kind of pursuing that. And through that process, you know, I started, I had already had the 10%. The moment I started work, I started the 10% because I knew retirement's coming, you know, whether we like it or not. It's kind of like living in the Midwest and I know the snow is going to fall eventually. Same with retirement, you know, it's, it's coming. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, but, but the actual Roth stuff has been within the last six months. Yeah, let, let me just like give you a framework here to, to make it because like because what I'm hearing is, hey, I feel behind. 
I'm doing all these things. It feels like things are going right. I feel like I'm moving towards optimization of my portfolio because you are. You, you're doing you're doing it right, in my opinion, at a high level. We're going to dig into the details and find ways to to try to accelerate that, which is why we're, why we're here. But what I, I you know understand that this move this journey is a power curve, and you're still in the early stages of it. You've just reset your how you're allocating your capital to the purpose of investing for retirement and building wealth. And what happens here is it starts with a few hundred dollars a month, and then it moves up to a, another hundred dollars a month. When you get the next raise or promotion at work, that all drops to the bottom line. When your kids are getting you're, you're, are getting older, it sounds like when they move out of the house, there's going to be lower expenses there. You're going to be able to bump that up from 500 to a thousand. Then it's going to go from 1100, then 1200, then 1300, then 1400, then 1800. When the next move, next thing happens with that, and that's the journey. There's no event that happens, and it's just a it's just a slog at first as you're moving up that curve and applying more and more capital month by month, year by year to this. So your current rate, if you just sustain it and no changes happen, you're like, oh, it's going to be painfully slow. But what's going to happen to you, I, I'm sure, if you continue on the current track, is that you're going to see, you're going to realize that compounding nature over the next couple of years, and it's going to get accelerating on a compounding, you know, 1% better every month or 2% better every month deal, which will, which will, which will take place there. The question today is how do we jumpstart that and accelerate that so that you get, you're getting a little farther ahead and, and that you're compounding on a bigger number earlier. But I want to just point out that like, you're doing great. You just haven't had enough time so far to let that compounding happen and just let it, you know, it takes six months to a year or two years to fully reset the position to jump that savings rate from 10 or 20% to 30 to 40 to 50. And that, and I think that that's a, uh, uh, a phenomenon that you're hearing about on the on these podcasts, people have been doing that for six years and have had the whole that whole time to completely pivot their entire financial position in support of this. You just haven't had that time yet. Is is basically what I'm hearing from the journey. You're doing everything right though from a, strat a strategic perspective, um, and we'll get we'll get into more of the details there. But Mindy, I, I, what, what do you think about that? Am I am I on the on the right track with that? Yes, I love your mindset, Deb, and I hear you saying. I'm not at this place. I saw a post uh, several months ago that said, don't compare the beginning of your journey to the middle or end of somebody else's. Yes, We've got a lot it. of people who are on the show who have been doing, they make $120,000 a year. They live in their parents' basement. They eat rice and beans every meal. They spend like $12,000 a year and make $120,000. So they're able to save 99% of their salary. That's not you. That's not your circumstances. Don't compare yourself to them. Your mindset is amazing. No, I have no extra money. I have given every dollar a job. Yes, because when you don't tell that dollar what to do, that dollar is going to go out and do it itself. And I think I stole that from Dave Ramsey, but it's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a fabulous mindset to have. And you have no debt outside of your mortgage. Oh, spoiler alert. I'm jumping ahead. That's amazing. There are so many people. What is it? 40% of Americans can't afford a $1,000 emergency. Like they can't cover a $1,000 emergency. And you have no debt outside your mortgage. I'm, I don't consider mortgage debt to be bad debt because your mortgage is at 3.375. Again, spoiler, I already know this. But that's a fabulous rate. My first mortgage was a 7% interest rate. And I thought that Mine was, was a great too. deal. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've got a great rate. Um, you just said that you put $1,800 into your car. You know how much a new car costs? A whole lot more than $1,800. So I love that you put 
more money into your car, your existing car, instead of saying, oh, my car needs $1,800 worth of work. Uh, I'm just going to get a new one. Well, you're not going to get a new car for $1,800. You're certainly not going to get a good good car for $1,800. Also, side note, you have a Honda Odyssey. I have a friend who is obsessed with the Honda Odyssey. So if your door ever gets wompy, hit me up because I can connect (laughs) you with him and he has a fix for it. It's very cheap and you can do it yourself. But aside from that, um, you said budgeting isn't restricting at all. It's really empowering. Yes, you win. Like you have won. You just, like Scott said, you you haven't had the time yet to super win. And that's okay because you're gonna super win. I think the issue with that is I read too much. And sometimes by reading, you find out, okay, well, if you want to retire in this amount and you have this amount, everything shows me that I need to be closer to a 50% savings rate for investments. And so I know that. So this 20% feels very, very minimal. And, you know, I mean, when I look at that 20%, I'm like, man, that's pretty dang good considering all things. But... Yeah, it is. That is, it, it is, is great. And those articles are right, right? So th- there's that math is correct. You do need you do need to accumulate get a get to a higher savings rate, and you're doing a great job right now uh, with that, right? That's where I'm trying to get us to zoom out and think about think about a three year picture, right? You cannot. I mean, we, we might be able to do some things on this call, hopefully, to continue to. But this is an aggregation of, of marginal gains, right? That's that's the the, comp, the thing that's going on here. That's what you've probably been doing the last couple of months is figuring out how to aggregate those marginal gains, get tight with the budget, really move those things into the Roth. You just need another two, three years to compound that, and you will get to that thirty. You will you will bump from twenty percent to twenty five to thirty percent. I guarantee. I know it based on our conversation right now with this. When your kids are in college or or, 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 or out of the house, that's going to be another five, ten percent that's going to drop to your bottom line. And so you're you're saving at twenty percent now, but think about this is a this is a five, ten year plan to get to five, right? And so you don't need to be at fifty percent right now. You need to get there and maintain it on a consistent basis over time. And that's the strategy I think that we we bring into play here with this. And you're going to be in great shape uh, with that, uh, based on what I what I know about you from the last fifteen twenty minutes, thirty minutes here, I guess. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about that. So the, I think that's what I'm sorry. But I'm trying to say is they're both right. You're yes, twenty percent is great and. If you want to fire, you do need to get up to 50% or you have to find a way to create an asset or get better investing returns or something. Those are the levers, right? You have to earn more, spend less, invest the difference or create an asset in order to fire um, or hasten fire. So, okay. Uh, well, any reaction to that first before we get into the, the details here? Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, those are the things that... Um, you know, what's funny is peace of mind that I have about my finances really helps me to sleep at night. But the things that keep me up at night is the kind of idea spurring. You know, it's not even the stress of it. It's just, okay, what can I do? Because, you know, constantly looking for for more things. And unfortunately, I think I'm limited most by my energy and my time. You know, I think most people would agree on that. But, you know, when you're working full time and you're also trying to be a good parent and you're trying to maintain a house and you're trying to, you know, build these side things to get things going. Yeah. It just feels like so many balls, but I don't know. It just makes me excited. It gets me, you know, revved up to, you know, what the possibilities are. And unfortunately my window is closer to 15 years as far as looking at retirement. So it's better than the five to 10 you mentioned, but it's, um, just trying to optimize everything that I'm doing. And that's precisely why I'm here. I'm also, 
here with you guys today because I really want to be able to get ideas going for people that are more in my situation that, you know, hopefully um, it can be an encouragement to them what you have to say. So. Absolutely. Um, well, maybe let's start with with expenses here, because that that is something you have the most control over um, with that. I don't know. Is that a, you think that's a good place to start, Mindy? Yeah, I would like to see because I think there will be some opportunity to cut some and then you can put that into your retirement bucket and increase your uh, savings rate without feeling too much of a pinch. So let's start with the big one. What is your mortgage payment and what are you paying on it? It is um, 1700 Actually, it's just, it's like 15 below 1700 I pay 1700 every month. That includes all my insurance. That includes my, yeah, I'm blanking on the words, um, all the insurance and everything. It's complete. Yes. It's escrow complete. Yeah. Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Okay. Yes. When was the last time you shopped around your insurance quotes? Your insurance um, I did. I did last summer. And everything was comparable. Everything was within a few dollars. And I always do the, you know, the two together. I always do my car insurance with my homeowners to get the bundled rate. But I definitely can do that again. It's kind of hard for me to want to do that, though, because when I had to have my roof replaced, $18,000 roof replaced for $500 last year, when I had that done, my insurance was really, really good at working with me to get it done. And other people were having a lot of problems. So it's really hard when you have really good customer service to want to change. But I definitely can shop that around. Okay, I have a question about that. You said an $18,000 roof for $500. Was the $500 your deductible? Okay, the deductible I have on it's a thousand, and that's pretty common around here. Most people have a thousand dollar deductible on their homeowner's insurance. There's some of the things that they were reimbursing us for that I paid for, or that I did myself. So I was able to actually make it so that when I actually had out of pocket expenses, it only was $500 because I had done a lot of the work myself on like some of the siding and stuff that needed replaced. Okay. I would say when you go to re-quote your insurance, ask for quotes on a $2,500 deductible and a $5,000 deductible, because in many cases, those will drop your insurance rates significantly. I think we have a $10,000 deductible on our homeowner's insurance, and my insurance rate is really low. But I also have that $10,000 deductible easily available. If you don't have $2,500 available for your deductible, then don't get a $2,500 deductible because that's when you know a meteor hits your house or something and then you need a new roof and you have to come up with the deductible. The same thing with your car insurance. I'm not sure what your car insurance deductible is, but as you raise the deductible, the monthly payment comes down. And in some cases, the monthly payment is hugely reduced and you can just take the extra that you were paying towards the insurance and put that into a, an account to make up your deductible reserve. So those are two things I'd like to see. That's precisely what an emergency fund exactly. is for as well. And I, I wouldn't be able to swing the 10,000, but I definitely could do 2,500 or look into 5,000 just to see what kind of differential we get um, between those policies. Yeah. And again, if it's like $2 difference, go with the lower deductible. But if it's, I think it's going to be a significant reduction. So um, and I hear what you're saying. You want to be loyal to the company that was so good to you. And if the rate is comparable with other companies, then absolutely stay with the guys that are, 
you know, dance with the guy that brought you. But if they're significantly different, there's uh, what did I hear this from on uh, Clark Howard? He's like, yeah, you should definitely requote your insurance every year because they aren't rewarding you for loyalty. Mm-mm, so don't reward aren't. them with yeah. your loyalty. So remember when you had to pay to get a leads phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. 
BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners' capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Okay, let's move along. Groceries, I don't even need to look at $500 a month for four, including three teenagers is amazing. Eating out. That's, I have 150 on that. Sometimes I end up taking money from from the grocery budget for that. And we don't eat out much at all. Okay. I think your food expenses are pretty dialed in. Yeah, that one actually, most of it unfortunately comes from the fact I'm a home health nurse. I'm out away from home, you know, no access to microwave or anything all day long. And unfortunately, fast food is all too readily available. So a lot of that is, you know, three, $3 here, $6 here. But that is one that, you know, I do also once a week or so, you know, sometimes twice, go pick something up for, um, for the kids, especially on nights I have charting to do or anything else. Okay, that is understandable. And I'm not going to ding you on that. The, let's talk about your car expenses. Okay. Well, the cars are paid for. I have a car for my 19-year-old who is working full-time as well as going to school full-time. Those are both paid off. My car insurance, um, I believe that's $500 deductible on that. It may be 1000 but I think it's 500 Is what, like 110 It used to be 120 but with COVID, it went down to 109 a month on insurance for those two vehicles. And like I said, the vehicles are paid off. I pay maybe 250 a year for plates, um, for tags on those. Gas prices are kind of high, not because gas is so much high, but because between my daughter going to and from school and work, and then for myself, I drive for work. I do get reimbursed for that, but I don't differentiate what I pay out on gas versus what they reimburse me for in my check. So are you reimbursed 100% or like 55 cents a mile or whatever it is? Yeah. How do they reimburse you? It's nowhere near that. They don't even reimburse us what the um, federal rate is, you know, so I can't, but we aren't allowed to deduct once they reimburse us. So I can't get a deduction on my taxes on that. I've already checked into that, but it is still substantial more than what I pay per, you know, per mile to drive. So I haven't looked at my pay stub recently to see what it is, but we do get reimbursed in our paycheck every, you know, two weeks um, for the miles that we drive. Do you keep track of those miles or do they just give you a set amount? No, it's actually kept, um, when we log into our patient's account, like they keep track of what time we stamped in and they keep, they do a Google it automatically is figured out from like patient X to patient Y, you know, how long or what the closest mileage is. So they, it's all factored in based upon um, when we log into chart. I don't know the answer to this one. My belief is that you should be getting reimbursed for the federal rate for every mile driven at work, or there should be some other way for you to recoup that 
I don't know the answer to that, though. This is a new framework for me. So I, I would wonder if we could crowdsource this in the Facebook group and see if anybody has some ideas or answers to this. Um, yes, uh, I was wondering that as well, Scott, because it's the federal reimbursement rate. It's not the whatever your company decides to reimburse you. I'm going to reach out to some HR people that I know outside of this call, and I'm going to ask all of you listening to this, if you know anything about HR and reimbursement on the mileage, um, I'm not saying that your company's doing anything wrong. I'm just saying it sounds a little weird and I don't have any other information. So if you know about this, please comment in the Facebook group. We're going to post a note up at the top of the group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash BP money. And let's see if somebody can help us out with this because that sounds a little weird, but I'm not sure. And so, Deb, what are the what are the stakes with this? How many miles you drive in a week? Not tons. It's like 150, 200 miles a I week. I mean, that, that's that's 75 bucks a week, right? That that's come that that could be coming in. I have a colleagues that drive a lot more out in the country where the houses are much more spread out in their territory. We addressed this with HR and with our with our higher ups last year, and we have a very big you know medical organization that we're a part of. And actually, they decreased the amount that we were getting last year. And it, it had nothing to do with COVID. It was before COVID. So, yeah, we it big stinks have been made about it. And so, yeah, I would love to hear and see what other people are saying and doing. Yeah, there's something there. Is there anything else in your expenses? You know, you gave us a really comprehensive list of all this stuff. But do you think there's any places we should go hunting inside of your expenses for for opportunity, or or do you think that most other things are buttoned up there? We should move on to like investing or or career or that kind of stuff, side hustles. I honestly don't know. Um, I really do button it down pretty quick. I I think a lot of um, of my expenditures are very minimal, like even with clothing and stuff like that, most parents will tell you, you know, to do 75 to 100 a month is very minimal when you've got four bodies to have clothes on. But there's, I was gonna say, there's always opportunity for decreasing. And I think just by checking in, like you said, with the deductibles, that may be um, my best place to start. Unfortunately, everything else, I've mostly trimmed the fat on. I've trimmed it pretty good over the years. I have a couple of questions about your expenses. So your phone, well, okay. So first of all, this is just a question. You said your daughter works full-time and goes to school full-time and you're paying her gas and her insurance. What is she doing with her full-time money? Um, going to the dollar store. <laughs> It's, I mean, she, you know, she's very frugal as well, but that is one thing that she and I have talked about. She's not home enough for me to kind of have the in-depth conversation, but I'm really wanting her to, and I actually have the account open for her. We just need to make it happen to look at investing about half of that. I'd really like to see about 50% of her income go into a Roth, but I've also talked to her about starting to pay half of her gas and then paying for her entire insurance. It's not much, you know, it probably come out to probably 75 to 100 a month, but one, it would take the burden off of me, but then that would also be money that I can optimize and, you know, put back into, you know, my own retirement. So, and she's more than agreeable. She's like, okay, mom, what do you want me to give you? You know, because she's not at a place where she's paying rent or anything like that. So it's not a big deal for her to 
to, you know, just give me the money. And she's, you know, she's a good girl anyway. So I would, instead of having her, and don't let her listen to this show because she's going to hate me, but instead of having her reimburse you for the funds, she could just pay for that. You know, I'm talking about gas, you know, oh, you need gas, go to the gas station, pay cash for your gas or put it on your own credit card and pay that off every month so she can get points too. And you start contributing to, I mean, she's 19 years old. When I turned 16, my sister and I are really close in age and we went from two drivers to four drivers. So my parents bought us a Chevette, which is not the dream car of anybody on the planet. And we had, they, they paid for the car and we had to pay for absolutely everything else. Gas, insurance, repairs, anything for that car. We split it 50-50. And if we didn't pay for this stuff, they would take away the car. And that taught me a lot of things, but it taught me that I have to foot the bill for my own driving pleasure because I did want to drive. I was very excited to drive. I had to have my freedom. To add in that, I, I, I don't know what I don't know about the parenting situation and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't want to give any, any parenting advice, but I, as a general theme, I think that over the next couple of years, it's likely that your, your kids will move out and, you know, um, become independent adult, adults. And that process of slowly offloading these expenses for their lives will be the art. I think that, that I don't know what the right move is there as a parent, but that, that is, I think going to be the huge component that will accumulate over the next several years, I think, in your financial position, allowing you to save way more money. And again, I have no idea what the right answer there is, um, but it sounds like you have a great philosophy on how to handle that and a great relationship with your your kids to handle that. So I, I, I admire that and I don't know the answer, but I think that in general, that will be a, the biggest thing that will happen in your financial savings, to your, to your savings rate over the next, mm-hmm. I don't know, five and- years, I'd imagine. My younger two, um, just to clarify, they are like right at like 12 and 13. So, I mean, I still have, unfortunately, I still oh, have okay. a number of years with them, but with my oldest, for sure, you know, I, I definitely, like I said, can optimize her experience into adulthood as well as, and she's willing. She really is, you know, willing as she's living at home, you know, she's got everything provided for her. Anything she spends money on is just for kicks and giggles. Um, you know, or to, you know, feed her sugar addiction. And uh, (laughs) so, so yeah, she's, she's willing to do those things. And she's been using, I had her open up her own bank account and she's been using her debit card and she's been, I've had her for, you know, two years been handing her, um, you know, discover card things. I'm like, just fill this out, you know, get this sent in. So, um, she is on my credit card. So I believe she, I didn't know that she was going to be getting good numbers off of my 800 plus credit score, but apparently they told her at the bank when she opened it, they're like, your credit score is really good. <laughs> so apparently she's been getting credit off of mine. So, um, she's definitely in a position of power as far as that's concerned for being able to start from a good place. Yes. And I would actually go ahead and open up a separate card with her. If you haven't already, although she has the 800 credit score, uh, one of the factors in your credit score is your length of credit history. So she should open up a credit card that she doesn't just, you know, run up and, you know, use it sensibly and all of that, but open up a credit card and leave it open like forever. It doesn't have to be a great card, but it could be a great card. You know, why get a crappy card if you don't have to? Uh, Episode 311 just came out from Choose FI. Uh, that's the updated travel rewards episode. And 
Brad started off as a travel guy. He loves travel rewards. I have not listened to it yet because I don't have any big trips that I'm planning, but you have a trip that you're planning. So why pay for it if you can, you know, use some of these miles to help pay for it or even foot it all together? And that's another bunch of money that you are going to, once that trip's over, all that money that you're saving for that trip will now be able to be invested. Mm -hmm. Except then there will be another trip. (laughs) But I mean... (laughs) Well, I, I I think we should move on from the category of your budget and your expenses altogether here because I'm I'm getting gathering a picture of a very tightly run household that is very well disciplined with the budget. You know, you probably got some puts and takes there, but you are uh, accumulating those marginal gains, aggregating those marginal gains month by month. It seems through your management of household finances there, and I I just wonder if we're going to be able to give you much much in the way of advice besides a couple of one per, one or two percent incre- incremental gains here which I think is awesome. Which is huge at this point, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so I guess the next area I'd ask, you know, again, there's four levers here. Earn more, spend less. We just covered spend less. Invest the difference or create assets and side hustles. Um, and so where do, you, where do you think, where do you smell the opportunity in those other three areas? Okay, so as far as side hustles go, I have two business ideas that I have started to work on. One of them, well, as you know, with anything, you know, you can really only focus on one big thing at a time or so it feels. I am working on a on starting up a blog business that's actually for people in similar situations as I am, but those people are living more financial, you know, paycheck to paycheck type situations. Um, so I'm working on that. Unfortunately, I'm at the part of it, though, where, you know, you're having to invest just to get things started up, going through some education on blogging and all of that. So I'm at the point where I'm paying so that I can start getting it up and running. But once I get that up and running, I do have, um, I, Mindy, I talked to you about my um, idea for an application or to do an app regarding um, some memory processing, storing. Um, yeah, it's hard to explain. So I have a couple of business ideas. That's what it all comes down to. But, you know, I'm working on one of them because that's all my time and energy will allow. But as an additional side hustle, because I love garage sales, because I love Goodwill, things like that, I like to find things that I can resell for, you know, two or three times as much. So, um, you know, for example, you know, in the Midwest here, we need, and in Colorado, you need snow pants. Kids need snow pants. They need new sizes every year. So, you know, before it gets cold, I go through the local Goodwills and everything else, and I find ones in mint condition, and I buy them up, and then I sell them for two or three times as much on Marketplace. And, you know, for snow, everyone's looking for snow pants, and I can, you know, at least optimize that. I'm not by any means somebody that's going to be buying the big things and shipping them off. I just don't have time to deal with shipping, um, you know, for the bigger items like, you know, the flea market flipper and, you know, people like that are able to do. But I can do it on a small scale. And that's something I'm trying to teach my kids how to do as well, just to see how easy it is. You know, it really, you know, if you're already at the garage sale anyway, you may as well invest a little bit of your money in looking through video games and reselling them. So those are just things I'm doing to optimize. Go ahead. Well, I, what I'm hearing is you've got ideas on how to earn extra money that is very high dollar per hour, like this reselling stuff. And you've got ideas for the creation of businesses and, and assets with that. And 
to me that that signals that that says a couple of things one it's out like you just don't have that much in the way of assets that are liquid outside of your retirement accounts to invest right now um so there's not really like a lot of opportunities to invest there could be a house hack theoretically but that's that's probably unlikely uh in your situation for um given the fact that you have three kids at home and all that kind of stuff um but and it sounds like your work, your career, you kind of have like a, a track there that is that is pretty clear. It, it, it's not it's not going to like explode your income over the next couple no. of years. But no, yeah. Okay. Is there any opportunity to get a new job? Um, there is. Um, there always is. But with nursing, you're very much within a niche market. Um, if I was single and I could do travel nursing or something like that, you know, didn't have kids, that may be a different story. And, you know, again, with nursing, you know, it's like my raise is maybe 30 cents a year. You know, I mean, it's very, you know, that is not an area that I'm going to get rich quick in. But the benefits are amazing. I think 390 a month for really good insurance for, you know, pre-tax. So all of those things are covered. So even though I don't make great money, I'm also not paying out, you know, for really high insurance premiums and everything else. And I am not hesitant to take my kids to the doctor or anything like that. So there is that possibility, but it's more likely what I would ideal in the ideal world. I would like to get to a point where I can work, you know, four days a week instead of five so that I can have more of an opportunity to work on things that are going to optimize, you know, have, have higher growth potential. I think that is more likely. So so my belief based on what you're saying here is that your emergency reserve is the the biggest thing you can be focusing on now from an investment perspective. Um, paradoxically, that's only going to earn 0.1% interest, but that's going to give you a heck of a lot more comfort to invest in your ideas one by one. And you're going to feel much better about a four-day work four day work week, for example, with three days now to focus or two days, you know, whatever, whatever much extra time that brings you to focus on your next business idea, which could be a higher probability way to have a shot at that. It's going to lower your, your run rate income, um, on, uh, you know, all things considered, but it will give you a chance at that, that big growth opportunity. Um, and so I think that that actually ups the stakes for me for your for rounding out that emergency reserve to a very very comfortable number that that clearly six months um, maybe to a year number if if that's where you smell the opportunity um, to potentially earn more and the second framework I'd give you is nine out of ten businesses fail so to me that means you try ten businesses um, and so. How do you how do you try ten businesses? Well, you do maybe one every ninety days. You come up with a ninety day plan to really flesh out your blog, and you make sure you commit to it every week. The the key actions to move that forward. Um, so he, here's a framework for you. Let's say you, you want you want to do a blog, right? And, and so you need content for it. That's going to be the the biggest blocker, right? Why not come up with a book outline for that blog? It's fifteen chapters or 13 chapters, because there's what, 13 quarters, weeks and a quarter, you write each chapter for the book, you release each one to the blog, and then you've got an ebook completed by the end of it that you can just aggregate into a book um, with that. So that would be one way to kind of double task or, 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 or put, condense your work into a one quarter timeline. You see if it works, maybe no one reads it, and then you shut it down, wind it down. You know, the point, the point of writing is to be read, right? The point of podcasting is to be heard. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, and so you, you have to, you know, you, you, you would try that out and then you, you would know whether it's time to quit or double down for another 90 days on that. And you can kind of 
if you think about that over two and a half years, 10 quarters, you've now attempted 10, you've attempted or scaled 10 of your ideas and 99 of them will fail and one of them will succeed if you're, if you're at all close to the average there uh, and, you, and you learn a lot. So, but that, that becomes a lot more accessible to you with a fully funded emergency reserve and a four day work week. So to me, that that's the beginnings of a strategy there where, yeah, the investment returns on that are horrible. It's not going to look good in your Excel model um, for financial freedom, but it, it, it could be um, the chance it, it could, it could afford you the chance to get lucky or the chance to have that, that speed moment coming for you um, outside of the, the, the traditional workplace. Mm-hmm. Any, mm-hmm. any thoughts or reactions to that? Yes. Um, thankfully I've already had some businesses fail. <laughs> so, Oh, good. So, Perfect. Uh, so, so you're, my you're numbers, closer to my your one out of 10. Very, yeah. Yes. So yeah. Uh, my numbers are very minimal. Thankfully, those were in MLM <laughs> situations and those are out of my system now. So, um, so yeah, so now I can just grow things that I actually, um, have a lot of passion in and a lot of, um, actual buy-in in, whereas before I had to kind of find the passion and buy-in. So, you know, when, when you're doing your regular job and you feel like, you know, you're passionate about it, I mean, it's obvious, Scott and Mindy, that you guys are very passionate about your jobs. And, you know, same with me, with nursing, it's definitely the career I went into because I love what I do. And believe me, there's aspects of it that I cannot stand. But, you know, when there's, when there's passion there, and the same with business stuff is, you know what, when I'm doing my passion job during the day, I'm constantly thinking about what I'm going to be writing that night or, or what, you know, as technical aspect I'm going to work on, on my website or those type of things. And you know what, when, when you have that kind of excitement, it's kind of excitement you I never had before with anything else I've tried, you know what, it's going to take a lot to keep me from reaching my goal. You know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, wanting to retire early. Yes. If I have to go to 65, I'm going to go to 65. You know, I'm going to do what I have to do. I I don't want to stop until I'm there, but the same with the business ideas. I am not stopping until I reach my goals. And you know what, if I have to tweak it, you know, um, 20 times, I'm going to, you know, Ruth Suka, who, you know, has blog empire. She is always saying, you know, I'm going to throw spaghetti at the wall until something sticks. And I'm going to, you know, it's just my nature. And that nature has become more inherent over the last few years because, you know, it has to be, I have to be stubborn. I have to, um, you know, even if it means I'm getting five, six hours of sleep at night, which most nights, that's what I'm getting. Um, you know, I'm going to do what it takes to, you know, take care of my kids and to, um, pursue my passions. Absolutely. And, and I, I think, I think that I think I love that. I admire the passion, all that. I just want to say that the financial component that impacts this is, I think your emergency reserve. I think, I think it's too small right now at, at about two, you know, two to three months of, of reserve. And, you know, we, we've identified like, Hey, like in order to achieve financial freedom, you need to get in, in 15 years or 13, whatever it is, there's a 50, like save for 50% of your income and invest it. And on average, you're going to get there in 15 years. Is that kind of what you're coming back to with the, uh, the savings rate? Yeah. So, okay, great. Like we can get there by just aggregation of marginal gains. Like we use that term too many times this episode, but, but you know, like the way you're doing and, and you should be continue doing that. But I think that you've got a, a fair shot potentially at, at if you if you round out the emergency reserve and use that and 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 feel the power of that whatever that number is for you whether it's six months or twelve months to move to four days a week or to 
try to invest or automate a few parts of your business at, at a certain times, maybe you've got a better shot at increasing that cash flow sooner and faster with one of your many ideas that you're clearly passionate about and working on. And so that, that's where I would just encourage the, the, that's the return of the emergency reserve that you can't put into your model again and all that. And so if you're looking for a capital allocation um, thing with what money you're saving, that might be something to consider is, is finding ways to put more in there, maybe at the expense of some of the other places you're investing um, or some of the things in your, in, in your budget, you know, um, with that so, that, so that that empowers you to to have a crack at some of these ideas. I don't know. Um, but that's that's what I got there for on that one. No, I th- I think that's great. And you know, I think I think as piddly, I don't know. It it kind of seems mind blowing, but I think that I can get that emergency fund up just by having my daughter pay her insurance and part of her gas. And I mean, again, those seem like such minor things in most budgets. They are in mine. It's not, um, you know, to get that extra, you know, $100 a month in addition to scouring my insurance companies and seeing with a higher deductible where we can go with that, you know, that may very well free up, um, you know, a few hundred dollars every, you know, couple months to the point that, um, you know, yes, it's it's very incremental increase or, you know, very small increase over time, but that's what finances are. You know, that's what savings is about, is making those small changes to be able to make a big difference in the long run. That's exactly it. These small changes now will have a huge impact down the road. And it doesn't seem like a big deal right now, which is the best part. It's not like you have to cut out everything in order to get there. You just have to make small little tweaks. And as you make the small tweaks, you're like, ooh, I could tweak this too. And I could tweak that too. I mean, your expenses really are dialed in. I'm super curious about that reimbursement on the mileage thing. Yeah. yeah I, I come back to the the old, the whole thing we discussed earlier of you, 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 you're feeling behind on this because you, you just started. Like in a, in a sense, you know, on this six months ago, or maybe, and you know, it's it's probably been a power curve. Like you, you probably got started two and a half years ago in a more formal sense. And but you really, you really kickstarted this thing in the last six months, and you're already at a twenty twenty five percent savings rate because um, you're you're putting those the money in there and putting some towards your emergency reserve every month. Um, you're gonna move up from twenty five to thirty to twenty seven to thirty percent to thirty three percent, and it's gonna be a month by month, six month to a year you know, bit by bit journey with that as you get little raises and as you, you find ways to, to, to sell snow pants, uh, right before the winter. And, and as you, you, you know, one of your business ideas eventually generates some income, um, that you're working on, um, with that. So I, I think you're, 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 you're in really good shape. You're just not seeing, I think your frustration coming into the call today was that you're not seeing that how that curve and how that journey will take you over the next couple of years. You're seeing where you are now. And if you model that out as a static position, the situation doesn't look good over 10 years with that. But just to think about, don't think about linear growth. Think about exponential growth over the next three to five years and then work every day, every week to just compound that by a 10th of a percent or 1%. Um, get a little better. This week, I'm going to call the insurance company and I'm going to do whatever it is next for the the writing or the technical aspect of the blog. Boom. That's 1% better that week. Now you're at 26, 26% savings rate. Then you do it again the next week and so on and so forth. That That is the journey that we're on here. You've already re- you've done the hard reset. Now it's now it's the grind that you're in for. Um, 
and and you know you look at those go back and look at some of those people who plotted them out that those journeys out over the last couple of years and you'll see that power curve that i'm talking about where they do a jump you know a lot of folks and then it creeps up over time to that ridiculously high savings rate <laughs> that they all that they that, that a lot of these fire bloggers quote so and i would i would probably i i would probably be better off which sounds like a silly thing you know further along if you know if i wasn't willing to live a life you know um so many people that i see within the fire community um you know and they're younger so they have a little bit more of that runway to be dealing with but they you know are like okay i'm gonna you know do without you know you you talked about people living on rice and beans and you know that kind of stuff and i'm at the point in my life where i'm like you know what i'm gonna travel i'm not you know there are some things that aren't negotiables for me you know that you know i we went to you know lake of the ozarks and stayed at an airbnb for a week with my kids over spring break you know we needed to get away we needed to do something but I make sure to have that money saved. And, you know, it's a part of the budget and um, and it's not excessive amounts, but I, I think that it's really important that, you know, I'm still living my life while I'm headed, you know, to that future point. Um, and I don't think it, it affects me in huge amounts, but I know that, you know, I'm still going to get, um, to my destination eventually. And I'm, I'm just hoping that like you said, those, um, the buildup and everything else is going to get me there. But I'm, I'm definitely living my life while I'm headed that way. So many people would think that having a tight budget doesn't get you to where you want to go, but I still get to do those fun things and, um, enjoy my life along the way. Deb, I, I'm, uh, I, I'll admit I'm, I'm unconvinced we actually were able to help you move, advance your oh. financial position dramatically <laughs> on this call uh, with this because I think you're doing such a good job as it stands. Let me ask you this: Did, did you get value out of this? Did, oh, was this yes. helpful? Were, were some of the were there some new frameworks around that? Did it, you know with that? You, I guess you know I I don't think we found lots of savings. No. I don't think we found lots of income opportunities. I think we just gave you a couple frameworks and and let you know like you're doing a good job um, with no, this. It's I, just you need more time. You know what? I think that you guys have for sure because you know what even the things that i had thought of already it's nice to have reassurance from somebody that knows what they're talking about you know for entertainment purposes and such um, <laughs> um it's nice to have it's yes it's it's nice to know i'm headed in the right direction you know as as a single mom that doesn't have really anyone to bounce it off of it's it's good to know that i'm headed in the right direction and um and yeah, and the thing, the few things that were brought up, you know, I, I think that just as with savings, it's going to be huge for me. It's, you know, hundred extra bucks a month is a hundred extra bucks a month. And, you know, if I can free that kind of stuff up, that's going to help me um, get ahead that much quicker. Awesome. Well, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad it was helpful. I, I felt, oh, I, was. I was just like, man, we, we, we weren't able fan, to move Scott. this. Yeah. I, 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 I was just like, oh, we're going to, we're going to, I was like, no, she, she's doing it right. I think, I think for the most part, it's just, it's just, we need, we need, I would be really interested to hear your story in, in a year or two from now, after you've kept this up and, and, and continue to compound what you're doing with this. And I wonder if you're feeling completely different at that point. Um, so I'd, I'd be really interested to hear that and see uh, what happens there. Maybe we can stay in touch um, and, and, and learn about that. 
For sure. For sure. I'm excited. You know, I'm one of those people that when I have an idea, you know, I will be contacting my insurance company this afternoon. I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, I, I can't sleep on an idea when I have it. It, it needs to be executed. So, um, yeah, changes will be made and uh, I'm excited to check back in with you. Awesome. I'm super excited for your uh, little thrift store flipping operation because right now is when everybody's getting rid of stuff. Yeah. So snow pants, look for good good jackets yeah. Um, and snow boots. I mean, people are going to need those stock up all over the summer. Just stick them in a box underneath oh, we've you know, got basement. In the basement or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stick them in a box in the basement and keep adding to them. You'll need so many boxes then then you can uh, start listing them as soon as it gets cold outside. I love that idea. I might uh, borrow that myself. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not even just that, you know, it's there's so many different things you can pursue. You know, it's just a matter of, okay, what do I know anything about to know that I can make even a few extra dollars off? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. What do I know anything about? There's a lot of stuff I don't know anything about. I hate video games. I'm sorry to all of you gamers. I'm sorry to Scott who loves them. And that's going to be his plan when he retires. I hate video games. I don't care about them. I don't even know all the different types. I am not going to be good at flipping video games, so but, I shouldn't even try that. But I'm great at uh, snowboards. I used to do that. I live in Colorado. I go up to the mountains. I hit all the thrift stores up there because people, this hurts me, people will fly in, buy all new stuff, ski for a week, and leave it all here and fly home. And I, first of all, can't fathom that weightlessness, <coughs> but I'm super thankful because it's like, 50 bucks for a snowboard. Or I'm sorry, 15 bucks for a snowboard. Mm-hmm. A Burton snowboard in the mountain uh, thrift stores, mm-hmm. 15 bucks. I could sell that for 75 on eBay. The problem exactly. is I got to ship it on eBay and that's, yeah. you know, a bit. But, but that's something I know. So, yes, I love that comment. Do something that you know about. Absolutely. Yeah. Shipping and, seems like a great job for like a 12 or 13 year old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's just it. Gets it. really like, expensive. My, my son knows video games and, you know, that's what his focus will be when we're garage selling this summer is that he's going to be and I'm going to teach him how to look up what things are going for online. And, you know, but that's many you may not know much about it, but you also didn't know much about, you know, flipping houses and everything else. And you know what? YouTube is your friend, as is, you know, just looking stuff oh. up. And I was going to say, Good as point. with anything else, you know, you learn and, you know, we, we came into this world knowing nothing and we sure as heck know a lot more now. So, um, <laughs> you know, y- you make do and you um, figure things out. And you know what? The return on video games, if you can buy a video game for two or three bucks, you know, at, at a garage sale, oh my gosh, you can sell that thing for 20 or 30 on on eBay. So, so you're possible because people are looking for, you know, that that remote, well, those remotes too, but um, for, you know, games that are hard to find. So I, I, I bought my brother one of those actually for Christmas last year and I had to drop like 45, 50 bucks um, for an old, uh, older game that that uh, he wanted. Exactly. So I'm, I'm a buyer of that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We are too, unfortunately. Um, you know, remote controls go bad all too quickly. In fact, I'm sitting on my yeah. son's gaming couch right now. So, yep. <laughs> Love it. Well, Very good. Well, Thank Deb, you guys so much. This has been so absolutely fantastic. Thank you for, so much for sharing this. I I, I think this was a, a wonderful episode. And I like again, I just want to summarize. I think you're you're doing everything right. You just need to let time compound and keep keep uh, the the uh, keep attacking 
for the next you know, the way you are keep living your life but you're going to you're going to benefit in a, from the compound growth not just in your investments but from your activity set your cash flow is going to increase slowly but surely not every month but but on average uh, pretty substantially, I think here over the next couple of years, I'm excited to see how that plays out for you because I think I think that the way you're feeling right now is just you you got the fire bug. You're trying to optimize with like, uh, like like all these other people, but you can't right now because of your current situation. Just think ahead over the next three years and and how that's going to evolve. You're going to be in great shape, in my opinion, um, if you keep it up. Yep, my opinion too. I think it's great. You're doing awesome, Deb. But thank you so much for sharing your story with us because I know there are people who are in a similar situation. And like I said before, your journey, where you're at right now, you're doing amazing. You are head and shoulders above so many other people. Don't compare yourself to the people who happen to be ahead of you, had different circumstances, had different jobs, had different everything. Their journey isn't the same, so their result is not going to be the same. But you're doing fabulously. I'm super excited for your your journey. And I do want to talk to you in six or 12 months again and see how much more you have saved up. Very good. I'm excited about it. I, I was going to say, you know what? When you have an excitement, when you wake up every day for what, not only what you do, but for what the potential of the future is, it's just, it's a good thing. You know, it's just, again, I'm not where I want to be yet. And I have dreams of where I want to be, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep going. Awesome. That's awesome. You're going to kill it. Okay. That was Deb. Scott, what did you think of Deb's story? Oh, you know what? I don't care what you think of Deb's story. I have to yell at you first. Don't tell everybody, oh, I don't think we helped you. I think we did help her. I think it's really helpful to hear that you're doing a good job from somebody who talks to people all the time in this position. I think Deb is doing an excellent job. But like I said in the beginning, she's in that holding phase where you just have to keep going. And, you know, in the beginning, it is, what is it? The hockey stick growth in the beginning, it goes like this and then it starts to jump. But the beginning is really, really, really sloggy and boring and that's okay. It still has to happen in order to get to that hockey stick growth. So shame on you for saying we didn't help. I think we helped a lot. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think we ended up being helpful and she seemed to, to, to feel that we were being helpful with the, the mindset type type of thing. I was just disappointed that we didn't find any like, you know, magic, magic, uh, uh, wand moments that would, that would help her increase her savings rate. And the reason we couldn't is because she's doing a good job when you are a, uh, you know, single mom with three kids and you're making 5,500 a month as a nurse, I, I get it. Like, you know, what, what else, what else can we really do here at the end of the day to turbocharge the financial position? You know, the, the laws of, of the laws of financial freedom are you, you, you have to increase your income. You have to reduce your expenses. You have to invest your accumulated assets, um, to higher and better use, or you have to create assets. Those are the four levers. They don't have mercy on your situation. If you're a single mom, or if you're a 22 year old single you know, guy like I was, you know, buying my first place, right? And there's there's clear advantages that I had at that moment in time with a very similar income to her that I was able to just save way more, right? And so like those those are just like ways that the situation differs and why it's harder in different circumstances. But I think that an, the other the frustrating part for her, I think, was that she's just she just getting going on this journey to financial independence she's doing it all right she's saving at a good clip and she just hasn't had the time um 
and the the, the uh, to allow all of these th- changes that she's making to compound. And I think she's going to move farther and farther along that continuum um, over the next couple of years, which is why which is why I kind of was asking her how long you've been going at this uh, uh, with this intensity, and and it's only been a couple months with that or, or, or a year or so. Yeah, she like I said in the episode, don't compare your the beginning of your journey to the middle or end of somebody else's. And I I didn't make that up. I got that from somebody else. And I wish I knew who so I could give them credit. But that's really, really brilliant. Don't compare yourself to anybody else who has not got the same journey, the same uh, curveballs that life throws at everybody. There's different aspects to everybody's situation. So you can't expect to have a completely different experience and end up with the same result or at the same time, you know? So um, I'm just, I'm super excited for her. In a year or so, we're going to follow up with her and, or check back in, not follow up as though we'll never talk to her again. Check back in and see where she's at. I think she's going to be having a fully funded emergency fund and saving a lot more for retirement and doing all this wonderful travel and still being able to live her life and do all the things. And she's going to make it to retirement and just love the life that she had on the way there, which is so important. Absolutely. Okay, well, should we Scott, get out of here? We should. From episode 194 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, he is Scott Trench, and I am Mindy Jensen saying, parting is such sweet sorrow. The market is changing, and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom, and the best investors know it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into real estate investing or take it to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com slash deals, enter a few details about what and where you want to buy, and boom, instantly matched with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com slash deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com slash deals. That's biggerpockets.com slash deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all host and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.